0: It's episode 16. I'm in New York. Rich, I think you're in New York. Because we had we had a little tropical storm action earlier this week. I think, Walt, are you still without um, lights, internet, camera, action, everything?
1: Yes. Con Edison, by the way, did pay another dividend this past quarter, as they have for 46 years. But they who? failed to actually call the trucks two days before a storm oh. that everyone knew was going to fucking hit. <laughs> so fuck you, Con Edison. Wait, wait. How about Eversource? Eversource Walt
0: is extremely angry about this. I think everyone, everyone I know who lives in the greater New York area is is having all of these outages. My parents have, what, Orange and Rockland? <laughs> And Eversource but, said they
2: will have power restored by, by Tuesday at midnight.
1: The width of the storm was wide enough that there was no question that it was going to hit this area and it was going to take some power down. So for Con Edison, which has paid a dividend for 46 years not to, to allocate trucks two days ahead of time, is absurd. And that's a good segue into monopolies and regulation. And how does a regulated monopoly really perform? Not well.
0: Um, Let's get political. (laughs) (laughs) On a lighter note, well, yeah, I like the beard that's coming in. It it, it looks nice. Um, On another lighter note. I, I just want to say a couple of things. Being in New York, it's actually kind of, been, I don't know what your experience has been, Rich, but it's been kind of good. It's really kind of, it's nice with all of these outdoor seating setups and the wood and the lights. It's just know. very quiet.
1: New York it's has its quiet. Groove
0: back a little. It is quiet. It's also August, right? Sure. And thankfully it hasn't been oppressively hot being here. That being said, I've made it, decision to get on a plane for the first time since the pandemic sometime late next week or the week after that's it i'm done i'm out of here i'm going to colorado so Uh, you're going to
2: live your background for the first time
0: yes that's actually why i use this i use the maroon bells actually this is i think the second time i've used this on a podcast because that's where i'm going okay let's get
2: started come on we got we got a lot going on so uh first I've been looking, first slide forward, of the
0: week. Literally been looking forward to this podcast since Monday. All right, let's kick it off.
2: So, Walt, you want to tee up what started this?
1: Um, the quarterly call? Why don't you just hit play? Start with a question on the phone. Quarterly call. Operator, first question. <laughs> operator, I'd like to
2: just point out that in honor of Rich Greenfield and everybody at LightShed, we will only be taking questions this quarter
0: from people that begin their question with the phrase, great quarter, guys. So, <laughs>
1: Uh, just kidding. Did anyone actually say great quarter? Yeah, somebody did jokingly, but then someone did um, I think Hudluck did, right? Yeah, as a joke. John I know for a long time, good friend, great guy. Um but then later in the call I think someone actually did put a legit Chaplain. great quarter in. <laughs> I, I
0: I Which I don't he think, has
1: on many other calls.
0: Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say I don't think that was a joke. It, Actually, in all, in all honesty, what probably happened was the ratio of great quarter guys or you really crushed it and blah, 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 went down on, on this call because people were so cognizant that they look like tools. What do you think? Well,
1: that didn't seem to impact the stock, though. The stock's doing quite well today. So even though you didn't have the cheerleaders giving their great quarters, <laughs> it didn't impact the stock. Why is the yeah. stock up, Well, Uh, It's a very loved stock. So people are always looking for the positives. This quarter was good. They didn't really do anything new on synergies. There was some expectation of increasing or accelerating synergies. That didn't happen. Um, There's a lot of sandbagged estimates out there, like the net ad number, 253, frankly, was just in line with what we did uh, or what we were estimating. I'm not sure why consensus was so low unless people are just sandbagging so they can hop on the call and say, great quarter. Uh, but things are going well, right? There, this is the first quarter, kind of out of the gates with Sprint. Um, you know, there's optimism, obviously, going into 2021 using their spectrum and and hopefully doing well against Verizon. We'll see what happens in the fourth quarter. Um, what's interesting, though, you know, they they were playing up how good their sub numbers were, which they were, um, even though in line with what we were looking for. Um, but cable charter specifically. Um, put up 325 so you know i do these tweets where i stack up who has the most subs and i, I showed charter you're I talking about T-Mobile. net net additions net sorry yes thank you Brandon. <laughs> not the most subs. phone edition although right? wasn't that
0: wasn't there no, news on subs and take it from someone who's kind of like a novice on this industry but i think t-mobile said they surpassed t in
1: subscribers and brand yeah, that, that information brandon was is that four months old, old but that was like a headline oh. for t-mobile on their press release to say that they surpassed at&t in the total oh. number of subscribers but it was four but months well, old you also stacked, so you what stacked what I up know, cable
2: shit.
0: you
1: stacked
2: <laughs> up cable overall that was probably the most interesting way of looking at it because cable is obviously not now well, also
1: what was interesting is so t-mobile obviously look you always want to pay your fat your best foot forwards. I don't want to fault them for that, but they go, like, oh, we're the biggest national. We had the big. We had the biggest growth of the national operators. Meanwhile, Charter, who's a regional operator, put up a lot of net ads. Then I guess started getting inbounds from investors saying like, oh, Charter, that was all tablets. That wasn't real phones. I'm like, mm, actually, no, it wasn't tablets. It was phones. Charter beat T-Mobile all by themselves. And then when you rolled up the Comcast net ads and the Altice net ads, look, the cable guys are doing better. We talked about this a quarter ago in terms of of gaining traction. So it speaks to what will the growth rate be for this industry? The revenue growth is plus or minus 2% for everyone in the in the second quarter. So for T-Mobile to be able to put up attractive mid to high single digit revenue growth, they're going to have to take good share. And look, Verizon's going to gear up They've got very high margins. They're planning on leaning in on those margins in the fourth quarter um, in terms of your your favorite
0: phrase. Oh, my God. He just said leaning leaning in. in. He he gets so pissed when anyone uses that. Good. I (laughs) love it. And Dish
1: is about to launch. That's not necessarily a layup for them to deliver that type of growth. So it sounds like you're cautious on TEMIS. You have to be cautious going into the fourth quarter. Again, you've got high margin companies that are planning on ramping up the marketing and DISH is yet to launch. It's fun to kind of laugh about DISH and don't think that they're going to be a real competitor. But, you know, we'll see. We'll see how that progresses. All right. Next slide.
2: So we've got by far the kind oh, of the big I'm headlines that so yes. started literally after we recorded last week's podcast, which was the essentially the crazy news about kind of the, the time pressure. On TikTok with the president setting essentially mid-September for TikTok to have to be sold. We heard news about Microsoft stepping in, having interest, trying to buy either just the US piece or buying all of it. And then the bombshell last night, which nobody saw coming. And we've sort of complained on this podcast before of like, why is this just about TikTok? Well, last night we found out it's not just about TikTok. WeChat, which is owned by Tencent, is also being included in a separate ban. So two executive orders talking about both TikTok and WeChat, both having to exit the U.S. by mid-September. Sort of mind
0: boggling. Yeah, Brandon. I, I, I think he, there's a couple of separate conversations here. Right. I think there's one about um, our policy or the US, United States's policy with regard to China more broadly and what's going and where that's going to go and the potential for retaliation and so on and so forth. And then there's the discussion of TikTok itself, what it means to be separated out of the parents at a bite dance, whether that's realistic and who the Te- best. Technologically, buyer is. Like, like technologically, can you, do that it? that's been my concern, right? Is if, if you look at it overall, the U.S. and even U.S. plus New Zealand and Australia and Canada, whatever um, countries we're going to be packaged with, that are fully part of the greater TikTok Douyin um, uh, ecosystem, uh, and they're all reliant on the same sort of artificial <laughs> intelligence algorithms, so on and so forth. And you have the West, these Western countries, especially in the U.S., following a blueprint that's being proven out in other countries first, right? So how do you just take these out? Uh, I mean, all you're buying, in my view, is the only thing I'll say, well, let me just step in, the the only
2: thing that's interesting is Vanessa Pappas, who joined from YouTube to run as BGM of TikTok uh, about 18 months ago. What was interesting is a year ago, she was promoted from just being GM of the US to being GM of North America, Australia and New Zealand. So I don't know how much work has gone into TikTok to reorganize technologically, but I think it's certainly noteworthy that Microsoft is trying to buy the exact assets that she essentially was put in charge of running before Kevin Mayer came in. And so, again, it may be meaningless in terms of the tech in the back end, but it's certainly interesting.
0: That's definitely interesting. And then with regard to Microsoft and what they're buying, and everyone says, oh, this company should buy TikTok, that company, the other company should buy TikTok. It's like, if you're buying it, you also have to run it, be able to iterate on the current um, uh, product, have the engineers to do so, right, to manage the back end. And essentially the recommendation engine AI and build the platform, number one. And then number two, what else can you do with that engaged platform? So from a Microsoft perspective, um, the thing I keep looking at is, is what they could do games-wise as, as a distribution platform um, using TikTok. Now, this nope. is going to get into some other problems later because as now you've seen iOS banning xCloud or not allowing xCloud and, and other um, game streaming um, uh, on, on uh, iOS. But it, it seems like they could take it in a lot of different interesting directions, not just TikTok as we know it, but 100 million users. And let's see where we go with it.
1: Sorry, well, No, it's okay. Isn't TikTok um, suing the administration for meddling in the transaction? So, if that happens, I mean, we're all talking about like what they can or can't do, but like at the end of the day, isn't the administration going to get shut down like it has on so many other things?
2: Look, I think that's the big question here is sort of like what happens, right? I mean, the number one question I've been getting from investors this week is, well, who else? Who else could buy this? Is it just Microsoft and? Look, Microsoft can buy this for cash, so they're sort of in a unique position. Yep. Uh, you know, you see this tweet we have up on the screen, Charlie D'Amelio, the number one TikTok star, saying, I'm going to start posting more on my Snapchat story. And obviously that makes you think, well, why doesn't Snapchat buy it? But remember, and it would be a perfect combination. Yeah,
0: I, th- Doesn't this have to be a cash transaction, though? If it's going to close in 45 days, one would
2: think it's hard to you know do a finance transaction it, with multiple parties. It
0: would be uh, it would seem pretty difficult to make this a stock deal. Uh, then you see Jack
2: following Charlie D'Abelio on Twitter uh, and you go, oh, my God, is is Twitter in the mix with private equity? And again, they don't have the cash to do this, although silver silver yeah, like with, did with, just pro- invest. with
0: private equity. Yeah, uh,
2: look, anything is possible. What I step back and I just think about is the fact that this is going to slow TikTok down. You know, all of this transaction has to be disruptive internally, has to be concerning to employees, to advertisers. And meanwhile, whether or not Instagram Reels, which I don't think is showing any real signs of taking off yet. But Instagram. Yeah, Instagram (laughs) launch Reels. You've seen, you know, Charlie's talking about moving over to Snapchat, like people are starting to use Triller and play around with that, which is a sort of a smaller competitor. I just think at the end of the day, this is probably good for anybody who's in the mobile ad space, Snapchat, Twitter, even Facebook, Google, YouTube. It's going to be good for them because this just feels like it slows TikTok down. They had incredible momentum. They're still getting lots of usage. I don't think this is probably affecting users, but it has to be scaring brands.
0: I would would agree with that. I would agree with that. And then you'll have disruption to the platform. And how quickly are they going to be able to iterate and keep up when you're essentially not starting from scratch, but you're working on not just a separation, but a, a rebuilding of infrastructure? I, I mean, I went I went
2: over I took over my 13 year old daughter's Snapchat uh, story the other day and I asked all of what her do you mean friends. You took
0: what, it, oh, my God. She must like have been so embarrassed.
2: Yeah, she was she was horrified, horrified. But I took over her Snapchat story and I said, what does everyone think? Yeah, I'm totally. I'm like, what does everyone think of of Reels? Now, this is all 13 year old girls, but none of them had any interest. And if you look at the top seven TikTok stars, none of them have posted yet to Reels. We'll see.
0: It's early. Number one. I mean, look, it makes sense for Facebook anyway, just to roll out the copycat. Um, product it cut you remember stories obviously cut snapchat off at the at at the knees for a very long time and it took them a long time to recover from that Um, and i do see a lot of why why, why, if you're facebook why not and by the way what did snap do snap who's always out there complaining oh everyone's copying us facebook's copying us (laughs) they added music this week right they essentially just cribbed
1: tiktok so let's see. Can I just ask one question about that. I mean, look, my sample size is small, but I think most of the people that I talk to that are using TikTok are not going on the following page. So, like, like I get that Charlie's got seventy-five million viewers or whatever it is, but like, who cares if she doesn't post on Instagram? The reason you're using TikTok is not following Charlie. It's it's the FYP that you keep flipping through. So like, I, I, does that matter if they're which not real? Like, which is essentially re- what I keep referring it.
0: to when I talk about the AI, by the way.
1: Right. Yeah. If it's good enough, then who cares, like, if the big people are, are going there or not? I still, again, question, what does 76 million followers really I
0: think, mean? think, well, yeah, I mean- On many who, levels. Who, yeah. You're talking about the reporting.
1: Mm. <laughs> On many levels, it's interesting.
0: I, I, well, I will say, I was talk. I had dinner with somebody the other night outdoors, um, who runs a a digital marketing. Thanks for the
2: clarification, by the way. That was very and
0: uh, and PR company. And he said to me, "He's like, we do these campaigns and we get these numbers, and he's like, we don't actually know what the fuck they even mean or if they're real. So it's (laughs) it's like the advertisers." Right, and agencies are onto that also. But who knows? I guess I guess we'll find out if uh, if Microsoft or whoever does buy it and it's it becomes standalone how many in the U.S. How many people
1: use FYP versus following? Because again, if you're if you're if you're following, uh, I believe almost anyone, the f-
2: the for you feed is the dominant way people. Okay, interact so then who with cares
1: what your follower count is? Like, I'm not sure why that would generate you know fifty hundred grand of view or something like that. Right, Other but than do the, the, the time mil- is jamming that into your FYP, right? I
0: mean, Bertini, the trainer, has like thirty thousand followers. I, I think, I think could, it's a matter yeah. of I think he it's a matter even of get like a hundred on Instagram. I think he him. was able to buy his way up to like one hundred and fifty. Okay, let's let's <laughs> move on.
2: Let's move on. Apple, Walt. You want to lead with this
1: and then go into Brandon? Well, I guess I'll read it. It says Apple has <laughs> outlawed. <laughs> the this is Tim Sweeney, by the way. Okay, go ahead. Ben Sweeney from Epic. Um, Not my guy, Brandon's guy. (laughs) Uh (laughs) My guy. I think he's Matt Ball's guy. What up? The principle up they state. What up? So they, the principle they state taken literally. I can't believe we're using that word in actually a tweet. Literally, I taken, didn't write. Liter- it. I did not we write the tweet with the word literally in it. I'm
0: pretty sure because you know Rich puts all the tweets together that he probably edited this in Rich Photoshop literally to, put this to, tweet to, in to literally feed. add this, knowing Rich
1: thanks the principle they state taken literally actually in this case i think it's actually finally used properly would rule out all cross-platform ecosystems and games with user created modes not just xcloud stadia geforce now but also fortnite minecraft and roblox
0: yeah i mean this is apple exerting its leverage well yeah this is i think this is fucked up by the way because when well, you first,
1: look- of, first of all, hold on. can I just preface this by one thing? Yes. You realize that the Chinese regulator or whatever it is, like punted, you know, thousands of of gaming apps and that w- they didn't qualify for the app store in China. So Apple had to yep. remove them in China. So, like, we have to keep. The yeah, we can get back. What, I mean, China-
0: if you want if you want to get back to the China discussion before we get into this, I mean, okay. look at the trepidation in some of the gaming stocks today. Um, is there going to be reta- we didn't even talk about this. Is there going to be retaliation um, for the interference with WeChat, which is essentially the lifeline of course, the communications? Line. OK, yeah. so now you have like games companies like Activision just got yeah. um, Call of Duty Mobile approved in China yesterday. But Diablo Immortal has to get but, uh, but, but the fundamental
2: issue here. But the fundamental issue here movies. is multi platform. Can you do multi-platform as all of these new things roll out is multi-platform even possible? Or are we going to live in silos of, you know, you, are, if you're on, you, it, you can't are
0: we back are we back to this exact tweet? <laughs> I, I, I changed the subject a little bit there.
2: No, I know. But, I just I, I think it's a big issue in terms of interoperability. I mean, we're looking at it's, games it's like a, Fortnite. No, it's, a, that it's have a, it have worked really well across platform.
0: Well, and Fortnite has creative mode, and if you look at Roblox, it's essentially a series of games and experiences within it this is what tim i think is pointing out when he talks about the metaverse and i don't think apple is individually checking each of the ugc experiences in there to make sure that they're okay right so that does it it just doesn't make sense this is like you have that issue and then look at netflix right netflix is a series of different pieces of content okay But they don't go and in individually approve each of them. So why is it different for games, right? So they're like obviously, uh, obviously because being a games to, platform matters more.
1: For whatever. Did Netflix, reason. did Netflix approve that video that people are filming themselves on TikTok watching? Rich, did that get through there? I do not process? want to
2: talk about that on this podcast. <sighs> We're not going to talk about love and three sixty-five or three sixty. That is definitely NSFW. For well, so okay. we'll, we'll keep that for the next podcast.
1: All right. What's the next? Slide yeah,
2: we,
0: we started our own company to be like Howard Stern and go out no, and do stop. our own thing. And we could say whatever we want. You got
1: offended what- when I was F-bombing Con Ed earlier. So, All right,
0: so I, the, the F-bombs were a little much for so, me. So, Brandon, let me introduce it, it this It was like I know, aggro I, and I'm peaceful.
2: I, I know Nick Con at CAA. <laughs> um, Nick has been instrumental in building out their sports media rights and many other things at CAA. Yep. He just left the company and he took a big job at WWE. Yeah. You know, just last week, I think we were talking about a piece that you wrote basically highlighting that the fear that you have is that media rights could decline.
0: Yeah. Does this
2: make you think about that now?
0: Yeah, I, I guess. The reason that they went with Khan is the absolute number one most important thing to the future and profitability of WWE is that they can license their headline content, Raw and SmackDown, for as much as possible. He negotiated the domestic deal, um, which, you know, I guess Barrios got a lot of credit for, but he was really the guy who, who made it happen. So it makes sense from that perspective. Um, The two things though, one is again, if the content doesn't improve, it's not going to matter. And number two, I'm always a little bit skeptical when you have these agent guys switching roles into more of like a senior management executive type role. I mean, it's happened just, Just even look at baseball, for instance, right? Brody Van Wagenen, um, who's GM of the Mets, was a CAA agent. He switched to the other side and, in my humble opinion, has done a shitty job. (laughs) Right? Um, Doc O'Connor, who basically ran CAA, switched and went to MSG. He didn't last that long. So... I'm going to approach this with a little bit of skepticism, but I think it's the right idea because they're focused on the bread and butter of the company, if that makes sense.
2: Uh, I guess we'll see. We've got a new C- CEO or sorry, COO. We've got a new CFO in very short order. A WWE. new president
0: and a, and, a, and a new CFO. But I mean, Barrios and Wilson have been gone now, you know. Wilson King of Lizards for like six months. So so,
2: so the, the real question that sort of ties to what you wrote the other week was if ratings don't get better, the challenge that King all the lizards. media companies have is that they have to spend a lot more on NFL rights. Yeah. John Orend is out with a story from Sports Business Journal, basically saying that media negotiations Don't expect a deal by Labor Day, which we actually originally did, although we said once the pandemic hit and there was questions about the NFL season, we thought it wouldn't happen until we see whether or not there's a season. So it seems like he's agreeing with that. So don't expect if we get a season off on time and it actually starts playing, then we go into heated deal negotiations and we could wrap up before the end of the year. He also says ESPN told the NFL that it wants to, quote unquote, upgrade its package, whatever that means. Oh, I, I think I think we know
0: what that means. Right. <laughs> well, we'll talk about
2: that in a second. And then Thursday yeah. night football is the most likely package to change hands, uh, which I don't actually agree with. I actually think Sunday ticket is the deal most likely to change
0: hands. because yeah, I, I don't think, think Direct I TV think, wants it. Put, well, yes. But put Sunday ticket aside. I think what's interesting about Thursday is Fox took it. Um, uh, for a we, huge price, six
2: hundred and sixty million a year,
0: and we we talked. They're going to have to pay a lot more for Sunday afternoon, which is clearly much more important. And they're they already just cut golf. <laughs> they're paying a lot of money to get out of that deal. Sub declines have been much greater than I think Fox or. any of the networks anticipated. And that means lower affiliate fees, which is ultimately paying for these sports rights. And again, we've discussed this theme many times and with WWE, how much money is there going to be around after this NFL deal is done for additional sports rights?
2: But I think that sort of rolls into the fact that the reason Disney wants to upgrade or that ESPN wants to upgrade is likely because they have bigger plans for ESPN oh, plus. Oh, I, I, th-
0: I, th- I think they see blood in the water. Right, right. and right. I think that sort of ties
2: to, you know, the big news of this week was Disney with their investor call or earnings yep. call. And it you know, earnings were horrible uh, overall. I mean, they were better than expected, but they were dramatically down because of the pandemic. But the, the big news was tied to uh, wanting to do even bigger and bolder things in streaming, launching international streaming service, uh, saying they're going to spend more on Disney plus they're going to do a big investor day they sort of teased that there might be more news about ESPN and I think a lot of investors sort of heard that as well we're going to do a new deal with the NFL tying to our you know the last tweet yeah. we were just talking about and as part of that there'll be games or live games on ESPN plus now there haven't been historically
0: but wouldn't surprise me
2: And so I think that's sort of like why the stock took off was the hope that not just that they're doing this international streaming service called Star, which is sort of the international version of Hulu without ads, but that they're going to be more aggressive in ESPN and take bigger sports rights, bigger bets. They're going to take over the top for the first time.
0: Rich, you've been saying this for a couple of years. You've been waiting for Disney to, quote, go all in. I think, you know. The launch of Disney Plus was one milestone, but I think this earnings call was sort of the second warning shot that they are going all in on streaming. And you saw the violent reaction of all of the sort of traditional media or legacy media, as you like to call Uh, it. I I thought you were talking about
2: the video we have here when you were saying violent, Brandon, because we've got violence here. I mean, this is violent.
0: Yeah. Jeez! Oh my hey, goodness! Podcast yeah, listeners nah, are not going to nah. appreciate that noise. No, nobody is. I think everyone. Be just clear. This just, is a just, cinema just owner down. in
1: France, so this is really very bold of him to. He's taking. He's taking. Lumber.
0: Yeah, a piece of lumber and and beating up the uh, the Mulan poster. But let's take these these things kind of all together. He wasn't
1: together. wearing a mask, by the way. No, he, was he was wearing not. a mask. Was?
0: He was. No, stop. A no, 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 no. Okay, so you have ESPN, you have Star, and you have Pevod, right? And yes. what what it's showing you is that Disney Plus, which is now pretty big, way bigger than anyone's expectations, is sort of the anchor for them and where they have the most credit cards. Right. And they're going to hang other things onto that anchor and use it as a marketing vehicle to to expand. And with those pieces also able to drive subscribers back to the mothership.
2: But the crazy thing is, is that, you know, I'm looking at the screen today and we've got stocks like MSG is actually up you know you saw yeah but they were down so i
0: I wouldn't look at the the sort of day-to-day variations i mean that day the the day after they reported wasn't disco down like six seven percent amcx got killed msgn let me tell you something about msgn i don't even does that company still exist we haven't even heard from management in six months but go on (laughs) look it if, or if any ESPN, MSG, for that matter. If, if, ESPN <laughs> is
2: going, if ESPN is going over the top with sports, maybe not all sports, but more sports, yep. bigger sports, NFL-type sports, yep. the bundle's done. Like, it's it's
0: over. Yeah, I mean, there's the bundle's no, done, and, the, and Disney is probably pretty well positioned, right? Because all of their competitors don't have good fallback options right now, so they're not going to be able to afford – to bid for sports rights, which makes Disney. Sort of standing there, sitting alone um, with the street giving them the leeway to change their business model like Netflix had um, on a sub grab. And potentially they can consolidate more sports rights for cheaper prices unless Amazon, Facebook, Google, Apple, so on and so forth get in the mix, which they haven't really to date. So far. And then so far. So far, which will ruin their plans. But sort of short of that, they're in which is a big F, they're in a good position now to almost like rebuild the bundle under Disney because you have sports, you have general entertainment, you have news, and you have Disney Plus, which is kind of the the mothership. Uh, does it work? I have no fucking idea, but it seems like that's the long-term plan for Disney.
2: I think the only part that's hard about what you just said is
0: that you don't have all of the sports, right? Like, so you don't oh, have executing it's hard <laughs> yeah. and it's it, it's yeah. like a 10 year process. But I think that's sort of the master plan. Kind of have felt that way for a while with Disney. whether
2: or not it works for Disney. The, the key takeaway from me is just this blows up everybody. else. Everyone like, else. Everyone else is just left, left to die. Let's, let's
0: just put it bluntly. Everyone else is fucked. That was for you, Walt.
2: <laughs> um. Well, there's sort of a follow up on last week where you sort of, you know, you teased at this last week and now it actually kind of got a lot more visible. So you want to describe what's going on at the FCC?
1: Um, well, the president withdrew his nomination for uh, O'Reilly to be uh, renewed as chairman of the FCC, seemingly because of uh, kind of a off the cuff remark or so that, that O'Reilly said about Section 230, which. We've talked about in past uh, Light Shed Lives, um, which is they're trying to enable uh, people to sue some of these social media companies based on how they um, monitor or censor some of the content on there, which they have the rights to do and not get sued. And this goes back to, you know, many, many years ago. So, so this um, is
2: unrelated to Legato, the issue that we were talking about last week with O'Reilly. Well, I,
1: I can't get in the president's head to understand what it's related to, but uh, it would seem that it's more specifically related to Section 230 than some random senator. This particular time. (laughs) This particular time. Yeah. Yeah. So I can't say that with certainty, but I highly doubt. um, I think we've seen it with this president, right? I mean, if you do
0: something that's counter to what he perceives to be in his interests, you're
1: done. (laughs) Well, the fascinating part about it, though, is it's math, meaning that there's five commissioners. So there's three Republicans and two Democrats. If you basically get rid of one of the Republicans, you have to nominate someone new. If someone's unknown, and now the Democrats know that you probably took the guy out because of this free speech issue, the confirmation process is going to take quite long. So what happens in the interim? Two, 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 two. And, and by the way, for signed. those of you that don't can't understand math, that's called a tie. <laughs> so... <laughs> So you basically cut off your nose, despite to spite, your, to spite face your face and, and have yeah. effect, it, and effectively stopped the FCC from doing it. And maybe that's, and maybe that was the goal. Like, like who knows what the ultimate goal is, right? Who knows? So we'll say if that gets corrected, there's some Republicans that are kind of stepping up for the guy and trying to get him get stepping up for commissioner O'Reilly and trying to get him renominated. Um, I don't. I'm not familiar with situations where the president has reversed himself because obviously that would admit making some type of mistake. Um, so we don't. He doesn't really make mistakes. So that's probably not going to happen. Um, so it'll be maybe he'll fix it very very quickly, or not. By the way, um, O'Reilly yeah. said nothing at the uh, meeting yesterday at the FCC open meeting yesterday. I'm, su- I'm suspect that we'll hear some comment out of him today, even if he stays on beyond his renewal, he could just say, you know what? I'm just going to recuse myself from everything. I'm not going to vote on anything. I'm a lame duck and effectively end whatever the FCC thinks that they were planning on doing for the rest of the year. That would nice be work. a ballsy move. <laughs> nice, nice work.
2: <laughs> uh, Brandon, video games were a blowout.
0: Yeah, I mean, we kind of anticipated this going into the quarter. I think, again, our Activision uh earnings estimates were like 40 cents of, above the street, um, for the year. And yeah, they delivered stay at home tailwinds across the board. I mean, this quarter started Nintendo on, on the April 1st blowout? when everyone was locked. I mean, they all were, were pretty mind blowing Activision. I think what, what was it? Uh, the call of duty franchise was up 8x now i know Warzone is a big part of this year over year i think for if you go to take two you had a hundred and sixty six percent in growth in gta online um yeah everyone, Zynga
2: looked pretty good too i mean zynga's Zy- Zy- over ten dollars Zy- now
0: Zy- zynga was blowout um Nintendo obviously as you as you mentioned switch sales were bananas the question is of course where do we go from here at this point right how much will these stay at home tailwinds continue for the rest of the year and then how much can publishers capitalize on them in t- 21 and and going forward and i think that sort of lines up with our relative viewpoint on on some of these meaning why you
2: like you meaning why you like Activision the best still Yeah I like
0: I'm still this. like ATVI the best because a couple of things one is they they were able to put all of the pieces together on Call of Duty meaning mobile the free to play experience and um, the upfront sale and at the time that they were really that they launched Warzone was the exact right time with the pandemic, and it was good. It was a hit, and it put gasoline on something good. And I think that at bringing those that player base together is going to is going to and bringing more players into the funnel is going to continue to benefit them going forward. That side, and then on the and blizz, if the
2: pandemic lasts another couple of quarters, if not into next summer, yeah.
0: Well, the other thing is they for. The Activision division, it's highly North America, and we're still behind the rest of the world. So I, I think they're going to be fine. And then obviously they have the, the Blizzard releases coming next year, and then they'll use the sort of Call of Duty uh, blueprint for all these Blizzard franchises. So, so give us the we're, exact we're opposite of video share. gaming. Yeah, give us I mean, the exact
2: well, opposite explain the, this.
0: This. this this is stay-at-home headwinds obviously for another one of our stocks live nation who has gotten just completely fucked by the pandemic it for you again walt i'm getting good at this um, but as we look forward again to 2021 um, 2022 sound, <laughs> hopefully 2021 for my own sanity um those ticket holders who have been given the choice um, for whether or not they wanted to cash in their tickets um, for the rescheduled dates or get money back, eighty six percent of them are are choosing rescheduled. they have I think look, does that surprise uh, you?
1: Does that surprise you? These tickets that people are like wait till 3 p.m. and then they're like they're clicking and hitting refresh like I was trying to do for my. Some of them, some some of them,
0: some of them, yes, and some of them, no. But the bottom line is that there is consumer demand and fans want to go back to concerts when they are able to. And they're putting their money where their mouth is. So that kind of solves that problem. Now, there's other issues at Live Nation obviously there was there's liquidity with, with no revenue coming in but it seems like they have costs under control burned down to like 125 operationally like 185 a month overall I, they have 2.7 billion of liquidity and they're going to be able to survive and a lot of other competitors globally in the industry are not so that should mean market share gains for them and potentially caught which they wouldn't talk about because i asked them about it and others cost structure advantages because when you're becoming more of the only game in town and you have demonstrable risks you could go to artists and say oh well you need to share the risk with me going forward and then you don't have tours that lose money and there's um, a margin opportunity there so it's possible that this company comes out of this stronger than before um i think maybe even likely but how long it takes to get there is 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 the big question on live nation
2: roku um probably not a surprise there's a lot of people streaming video during the pandemic obviously not as big as gaming but roku was had had one of their biggest ad quarters ever for active users They were a little cautious on the ad market. I I think what's interesting, Brandon, is that we've got Roku, Facebook, Snapchat, and Twitter far more cautious on the ad market than the caution or sort of the optimism we've heard from Viacom, CBS, Disney, ABC.
0: I think there's kind of three three components to this. Okay, on on this caution, I think number one overall. these companies who have had blowouts want to manage expectations for the back half of the year you saw this with the games companies i mean the like getting back to activision the q4 guide for them is for down year over year bookings which is almost impossible um you heard cautious comments from snap i think and facebook everyone kind of wants to put a lid on it you also that's number one number two is you also have some of these changes in ad tech um, and this sure. is is more for uh, the mobile guys. And number but you also th- have poli- political also three, probably plays into this. There's political. But number three is the biggest quarter of the year in advertising is the fourth quarter. It's holiday. And I think there's probably been a little bit of a lack of commitment on what that holiday advertising looks like. So Roku was cautious. But in contrast, when we talked about when we saw another Company high, highly levered to Connected TV report yesterday, which was Trade Desk. Um, their commentary on it was you've seen continued, not just month over month improvement, but week over week improvement. And they talked to, I think they grew Connected TV Q1 100%, Q2 40%, and they talked about at least double Q2. In Q3. So that shows you that trends, you know, you're talking about 80% growth in connected TV in Q3. Trends there are good. Roku's taking share there. I'm sure they'll be fine, um, but they were cautious and the stock went down.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think you know. Look, I think the big issue is going to be w- what happens with Android TV in the fall. It was sort of Anthony yeah, Wood, the founder of. That's of Roku. more of the
0: existential question on Roku. I don't think it yeah. drove the earnings reaction on this particular print. No, I, I think um, if anything, they weren't they act-
2: weren't worried about competition at all. I mean, Anthony was right. basically like, "We well, we fought people for years. Bring it on." I mean, he really seemed unconcerned at all about the coming
0: competition. They're the leader. He didn't the space even pretend. And... Remember when, like, Reed actually used to pretend? Um, yeah. <laughs> but there was it, no pretending. Yeah, it, it'll be interesting. Google is going to launch their streaming device, their new one. I forget what the code name is. Um, in a couple of weeks, and they're going to push. They're going to push hard on this. And don't forget, Roku still has HBO Max outstanding, yep. right? And still has uh nbc outstanding
2: okay let's let's wrap this up we've got our um i think one of the the videos of the week uh, dave portnoy from barstool davy uh, day trader correct we're going to play this video and then we're going to talk about it
1: have people downloaded play barstool yet the new app. the new
2: app that hammer and hank it's hard to believe my guy hank milton hank that slob of a human has turned into, like, a very important barstool guy and helping build apps and these ideas. About sh- so basically, in stool streams, when we do our games, whether it's Jenga, ping pong, shooting hoops, stoolies, people can go bet on the results and win real
0: money on the slickest looking app ever. Like, look, at, like, Look at this thing. All right, so... Yeah. Those are my picks for fucking Jenga in the office. The, the point this guy is, is, first of all, this guy's a marketing genius. I mean, nobody knows how to appeal to the average dude better than Dave Fortnite, right? But, but I mean, that's,
2: uh, a, that's an ad spot that DraftKings, you know, you think about they're going to launch Barstool Bets in September. Yeah. That's an ad spot that would cost millions upon millions. And he just reached I don't even know how many millions of people with a video that he shot with no makeup and no wardrobe from what I could tell, Brandon.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's I mean, he looks less camp than you do. <laughs> Yeah, I know someone does. Thankfully, so but you're this saying is that Dave what everyone talks makeup,
1: about. I'm going to challenge that <laughs> assumption.
0: Everyone talks about influencer marketing. This is sort of the beacon of, of influencer marketing, right? With, with what Dave has been able to do with Portnoy, uh, with Portno, with Barstool. Um, but a couple of things. One is you have to be bullish on on um, the real money launch. For, Why, you don't think for Walt Penn. is betting on Jenga? I think Walt's a good Jenga better.
1: No chance would I bet on some random people playing Jenga. Sorry. <laughs> There's, there, are right <laughs> there are sports going on right now. There uh, are sports going on right now. But look, I'm sure it's probably exciting to somebody.
0: And number Whoa. two is Penn. I they t- I listened to that call. They talked about their trends um, yesterday. And I guess. I, don't think that this was related to Barstool. That hasn't kicked in, but you've you they're seeing a huge uptick in younger demos in their land-based casinos, and I think that that's just momentum to 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 capitalize on for them. You've seen betting become a real form of entertainment in the lack of with the lack of concerts and partying. Club, I think everyone's got
2: to be if, if you're if you're DraftKings and you're FanDuel, you've got to be looking at this, going, "This is a big deal competitively, and it's going to be really interesting to see." I can't wait to see when they really launch All, the real albeit, app because Walt because Walt doesn't care about Jenga, but he will care about when you can literally go on and bet on football literally? or bet,
1: literally, literally, yeah, I know. Sorry. Well, we'll see. Yes. Uh, Sports gambling is a thing. I'm not sure that. Um, betting on Jenga is any different than prop bets, and you can ask any gambling site mix of revenue on prop bets versus lines. I think we had that discussion with someone. No, I think it's just about live. What's the mix? Oh, it, 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 it's obviously very small. But it's right,
2: prop the, the, <laughs> I mean, the point is, this is what's going to matter for the fall when they start taking this form of marketing to the real app versus the sort of the 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 kind of prop bet app. So just well, give it another. We're going to have
0: Ezra on. In a couple of weeks on, on Red Kings. Live from DraftKings, and um, that should be interesting. And we can ask I'm him right. about the competition. From and I think we're going
2: to have Barstool. Portnoy and Erica as well from Barstool in September.
0: Oh, cool. you're giving everything away, Rich. I, I like to I like to leave you little tease things, little you tease things, Brandon. Just a little, a few crumbs a week. Okay, have
1: a great week. Thanks speaking, a lot, yeah, take, I was take it say, easy, Speaking of Bye. crumbs,
0: it's lunchtime. Bye. Bye, Walt. Have a great weekend, everyone. Have a